Welcome to episode 247, KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, Ariel and I talk about buyers and sellers beware. You get what you pay for. Welcome, Steve Cicchetto. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, first of all, for those of you that watched or listened to episode 246, we made a big announcement about the newest member of the family, our new division, KT Commercial, and your promotion to director of sales for KT Commercial. Congratulations. Coming soon to a building near you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so Adrian and I last week chatted about how we entered residential real estate and there being a big void in value added services and service in general. And we had poor experiences when we sold our properties in Oakville at that time. And that was kind of what started snowballing the thought of us getting into real estate and, and bringing better services and evolving services and technology and all that. And from discussions that the three of us had, um, we felt that there was a void in the commercial side of the industry. And um, yeah, we're, we're proud and happy that. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And I mean, when the conversation came up, one of the first things that popped into my mind, you talked about residential was real estate done right. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's definitely a void in the medium, small size buildings, the way that they're represented. I think we'll do well. KT. Well, I'm very, soon. very excited. And, um, you're, you're definitely going to not only be the right person in our company, um, to head that division up, but, uh, I think it's right up your alleyway too. And, and, uh, now adding a, another tool to your toolbox to uh, help help people buy, sell, lease, invest in anything commercial real estate related. Looking forward um, to it. Great segue into today's topic, mm -hmm. actually, if you think about that. Well done. Uh, is, <laughs> well, I, I made the note because you kind of titled it getting what you pay for. So we'll elaborate on that and talk about that. But I'll, before we do that, kind of backtrack a little bit to how we got to this. And I'm going to tell a little story. And the story goes, we lit, and I won't give specifics. I have to be a little bit general and generic with this conversation because what I am referring to and the property I am referring to is still active. But I had a property, one of my own personal listings from one of my um, very close sphere um, of influence people, friend, past colleague, uh, engaged to purchase and sell. And we listed that property. And I won't say what property that was because it might give away what the other property is. But that property was, we'll call it a luxury property. And it uh, had a lot of eyeballs on it. We did very well with it. 
And from there, it uh, brought on a new opportunity in the same neighborhood to potentially take on the listing of this other property. And when you and I were talking about it, uh, we decided to kind of pass on that opportunity. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I won't get into specifics, but let's just say, you know, I'll give you an example. We had um, we had Ashbrook Court uh, listed in. Um, I can't remember, January, February, February. February. And, um, you know, February, when you list a property, it um, it goes in sometimes into the spring months or the summer months. Well, when you take photos of a property in, um, in the winter, uh, you absolutely should freshen up those photos. And that's what we did at Ashbrook. We, we had Ian go back and refly the drone and redo a, all the photos and take some nice photos. And again, segueing into you get what you pay for. Let's talk about that. What, what led you, I don't know. Was that a good, good segue? Um, what led you to uh, come to this topic today? Well, I think that's, I mean, that's a perfect point and perfect example. Um, you know, we see it all the time where, you know, you're listing a property, some photos get taken and that's it. Cross your fingers. It's going to sell eventually. Um, you brought up Ashbrook. So perfect example. That was a premier lot. Okay. And the winter didn't quite do it justice. Okay. You still saw the size is still how nice it was, but the fact that everything was refreshed. Okay. When it was green, when you could showcase. Wow, how beautiful city. was that property in the, in the spring as everything was changing? And how quickly did it sell after they were refreshed? Yeah. Okay. So we've proven the concept that that works as opposed to the other you're talking about. Here we are in July. We looked at the photos yesterday and you've still got snow all over the place. Nothing's been updated. Yeah. Do people even remember it's there? You know, refresh yeah. it. And that goes to effort. Mm -hmm. It goes to attention to detail. Mm -hmm. It goes to just general giving a shit. Mm -hmm. um, also goes to expenses, right? It's not cheap to have all of your marketing redone, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're not getting any traction. Like if you have a property on the market and you're not getting any showings, you're not getting any offers and your photos are and video and, and brochure and whatever, it's all two, three months old. And now you got to redo everything for something that you don't even know or think is going to sell. Well, especially when you got to work for it. I mean, it's, you know, we went through a period last year where you put a sign on the lawn and before you've, you know, before the sign is settled, the home is sold. Now you got to work for it a little bit. You got to prepare the properties. You have to counsel your clients better. Um, what are you going to do to keep it new? What are you going to do to keep it fresh? Very important. What would you say is the biggest fail like we're speaking to realtors, we do have a bunch of realtors that watch and listen. What would you say is the biggest fail in terms of realtors not giving full value or, you know, how would you circle that back to get what you pay for from a consumer standpoint? 
So what are what could realtors do better? Back up what they say. Okay, probably more than anything else. Um, you've got some very, very good realtors in town that do a very, very good job presenting their properties, marketing their properties. And then there's some that you don't. Okay. And that holds true to any industry though, doesn't it? 100%. Absolutely. It does. But you've got a lot of people that are very good talkers. Okay. Well, the proof is in the pudding. All right. So what, what are you going to do to back up what you say? Okay. I'd rather be honest. Okay. With a client, tell them my thoughts, tell them what we're going to do, and then back it up with examples. And, you know, you exceed expectations. How often are people getting a listing? Um, they buying the listing? Are they discounting? Are they doing whatever? And then we get calls after people frustrated, people wanting to move on because, you know, all is not what they were told they were going to get. What do you mean by buying the listing? <laughs> um, example I ran into, there was someone who approached us, approached our team and said, I want this for the house. Okay. Um, I'd love to get you that for the house, but here's why I think we can get, here's why I think we can get this for the house. Um, do I have a crystal ball? No. Am I 100% sure I'm going to be right? No, but I'm pretty confident based on the analysis that I've done. Help me understand why you think your home is worth mm -hmm. X amount. Um, we've discovered the, the example that you brought up at the beginning of the podcast, um, there are people that will go in and say, yeah, absolutely. I can get you that. And that's it. And that satisfies people. I'd rather be honest and have the tough conversations up front as opposed to three months down the road yeah. when the listing's gotten stale and you're not getting what that person wanted. And we see that all the time in this industry, especially with, well, I don't want to focus on, on realtors that are new to the industry because they're often the ones that fall into that trap of taking a listing that is priced too high because they don't have enough business and they need the business. They want that listing. Listings brings other business usually. Um, but, you know, just to, just to agree on a price for the sake of getting that business isn't doing anybody any justice. Well, going back to Ashbrook, the seller told me that they interviewed other realtors and I was the lowest in terms of valuation and the other realtor that they were considering valued it at 2.8 million. Hmm. It ended up selling Hasn't hasn't closed yet, so we won't talk about it. But it um, it sold below asking price, and our and our asking price was two point one seven nine when it sold. So two point one five nine, two point one seven nine, something like that. Um, you know, sometimes numbers are thrown out as a carrot, and um, and and sellers, you know, have to do their best to identify and. You know, at the end of the day, do you trust that opinion? Well, it's all opinion. Yeah. You can get yeah. four or five different realtors in a, a different room valuing the, and we do that sometimes as an mm -hmm. exercise here. Um, and you won't have the same 
number from anybody. Thrown out as a carrot. Yes, I agree. But I think oftentimes, and you speak the newer ones, uh, the newer agents, and I mean, you can say this about any salesperson, it, it's thrown out to avoid the tough conversation. Okay. Right. Um, especially when you don't to avoid really, conflict, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially if you don't know someone or have a rapport. I mean, there was someone in here this morning, you couldn't have that kind of banter with somebody who you just met. Okay. Right. Um, so you, you know, there's a certain degree of, of, um, tiptoeing, but I think when it comes down to, uh, what's really important price in particular is very, very important. You have to have the cut tough conversations. I've always felt have it in a safe environment as opposed to, um, you know, when things are a little bit more urgent or you have an offer on the table or something like that. So, yeah. So I know one of the things that were was very interesting to you over the course of the last few years was how many realtors were willing to reduce, we'll call it commission, reduce their commission to get the listing. And I think this ties in very well with this topic, getting what you pay for. Mm -hmm. And we see it all the time. There's always somebody willing to do the job for less. Uh, I don't know if I sent it out to the team, but you ever seen that image um, where it says um, something along those lines, you'll you'll always have somebody willing to do it for less. Mm -hmm. And it's the guy that painted the donk the donkey or whatever, but he only painted the half back half of the donkey. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's because you didn't pay for the full full amount. Um services now, you know, to be a realtor is very expensive, first of all. Mm-hmm. You have your board fees, your insurance dues, your um your licensing uh updates, which all cost money. You have your brokerage fees you have marketing, you have advertising, you have um, new technology, like even the technology that's in this room today, um, how much money goes into investing that. Then what about staging? What about any of the marketing materials that go in the home? So as an example, like even before the for sale sign is on the lawn, we have spent thousands of dollars in preparing the home, in pre-marketing the home, and how many people are involved on our team Mm -hmm. on every listing to start that process off on the right foot. Sure. Right? Like, I even think about our, we were talking about the um, pre-photo preparation days that we have, right? So for those of you that don't know, when we have a property that's being photographed by our wonderful media team, Ian and Robbie, um, before Ian shows up, Jennifer and Tiffany and quite a few of our realtors will be at the property to make sure the pillows are nicely tucked and fluffed, the uh, toilet paper is nicely folded and pressed. It's presented the, properly. Uh, the mirrors are n- perfectly, yeah. not properly, perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Because to somebody 
properly might be, you know, oh, the window coverings are open, the toilet seats lids are down. Mm -hmm. Everything looks good. Goodbye. Do you know most realtors don't even show up before the photographer gets there? The photographer will go. See, Ian? See how lucky you have it? Photographer will go and have to open the window coverings, turn on the lights. Kind you of, can tell. You can tell right away. Right. Yeah. Two comments about what you just said um, as far as price and discounting and stuff like that. Number one, the investment back into the property. Okay. It's a lot of money. Okay. So, you know, Ian was just gone today, did some photos for a property that might not hit for a year. Okay. Come to the market. The clock starts ticking as far as the investment. Took in photos property. today because you wanted, yeah. it's one of your listings. Yeah. It might list in the winter. February, March. It gives us the flexibility to highlight things of the home that we want to showcase. Yeah. Okay. How many people do that and just sit on those photos till we're ready to pull the trigger? Number one. And Num who knows? Maybe that property doesn't even ever come to market because they change their mind, life changes, but whatever. the investment's been made. Right. Number one. And number two, as far as services and what you pay for, um, I don't want to be viewed and I don't think what we do, myself personally as a, as a salesperson, um, is a commodity. Okay. As soon as you start having the price conversation, it's a race to the bottom. You don't need people like you and I to go out and sell our services and talk about what we can do. All you need is someone to pick up the phone and say, yes, we can do it for this amount. We'll list your home. I guarantee you our profit margin is much less. For listings, for sure. Um, because of the investment involved. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because, you know, we, we list a, a lot of homes um, and have over the last 12 years. And it's to a T, the, the people that not complain or, or battle or, or butt heads on paying us. And, and, you know, on average, our commission is actually less than what people expect or what is average. Like everybody thinks, you know, it's 5% and yada, yada, yada. Um, if, if they're on side, they go through the process, their home sells, 99.9% .9 of those sellers are wowed and say, wow, you guys do all this? Wow. Because when they're focused on what it's going to cost them in terms, because that's everybody, even the guy you're talking about, the guy that was here this morning, mm -hmm. uh, one of my close friends for many, many years. Um, you know, he's expecting photos and expect, had no clue I started talking about the Sono speakers that we set up on each floor to create ambient music, talked about the Arlo camera we set up on the front door so they can have a secure home, see who's coming and going. Um, you know, talked about our KT Porter that sits on the uh, kitchen counter so people can download a digital copy and we can analyze who's looking at it, when are they looking at it, all those things. And he goes, holy fuck, you do all that? Clients but also how often, okay, do we get other realtors or our colleagues mm. making those comments? Okay. I, I've I never swear. seen a home presented this way. Oh my gosh, you guys do this. Oh my gosh. Are you making any money? Um, 
I'd say nine out of 10 listings, you always get at least one comment from our colleagues. Well, and that's why, you know, if somebody says to me, can you list uh, our home for 1%? Because that question comes up all the time. Because you see all these guys, you know, with their signs, uh, list for 1%, list for 1%, whatever. You know, um, there is no fixed pricing. So uh, a realtor and a brokerage can charge whatever they want to charge and you can pay whatever you want to pay. But... What happens when somebody reduces the amount of money that they're making in terms of a a real estate salesperson, a real estate broker? They're reducing their income on the sale of your property. Where's the rest of the money going to come from? To invest back into the home. So... They got to cut corners, don't they? Mm-hmm. Right? Like you still have to eat. You still have to pay your own bills as a as a realtor. You still have to pay the brokerage. You still have to pay the photographer. You still have to pay to list the property on the real estate boards. Like there are, even to install the sign, even to make the sign, these are all costs. Yeah. A lot of them are fixed costs. And, oh, now you cut. First of all, nobody goes to work at an average job. Like if I said to Ian, keep doing what you're doing exactly the way you do it. You make excellent photos, videos. You're doing a great job on our social media. Do everything. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. But unfortunately, now we're going to pay you 50% of what you're making. What kind of a job is he? First of all, you probably is buy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we say, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you had no choice. Uh, but also, and, and applying that to real estate, um, it, it's very short-sighted. Okay. So the company, the client, whoever, oh, cool. I'm, I'm saving money on the front end. Okay, yes. But we see it all. Thank you for bringing this up. All the, all the time. I mean, you analyze things, you know, like I do. The nicely presented, the nicely marketed homes always sell for more, always sell for more. So yep. sure, you're saving a couple of grand on the front end, okay, but you're leaving 10, 20, 50, $100,000 on the table Correct. on the back end, right? Yeah, and that, that hasn't changed in a while and it won't change. The way the property is presented and marketed will attract a bigger audience, a better audience, um, and an audience that has a more emotional connection yeah, to that property yeah. and, and they pay more. But, you know, when, when you're looking to hire a realtor as a seller, you may not have done that for years, right? And you're not necessarily educated well, if you want to be listened to all 246 other episodes of this podcast and you'll be educated, <laughs> but, um, a lot of people don't know how to negotiate and they think by cutting yeah. back how much they're going to pay the realtor that they are already saving money and they think regardless the home is going to sell. It's not a matter if the home is going to sell. I say this to a lot of people, especially in Milton. We both live in Milton. We work in Milton. Um, every home in Milton can and will sell. It's just a matter of when and for how much and for how much. Yeah. So how long is it going to be on the market? And then how much is it going to sell for? 
And the better presented the home is, the better marketed it is, the wider reach and audience that it gets, it will sell for quicker and it will sell for more money. There are lots of stats. We have our internal stats to prove that as well. And it's a big, big chunk of change. We also can't forget who you're getting to represent you and how they negotiate. Something that always pops into my head and you're always asked, I'm, you know, nine out of 10 listing presentations. What's your rate? Can you discount your rate? If I roll over right away, what kind of a message is that sending to my seller on my skills to negotiate? Okay. I obviously haven't done a good job selling our value proposition or what we do or how we present these properties. This is in front of the person that I'm going to be representing. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they're not breathing down my throat, how am I going to be with that other agent? Okay. As a realtor, if I am willing to cut my own income. What am I going to do for them? Do I really care about how much money I am squeezing for you to make? Correct. As a seller. Yeah. I can tell you countless stories, Steve, about you, me, Adrian, everybody on the team that I know late at night we're negotiating a deal on behalf of our buyers or sellers for $500, yeah. $1,000, $3,000. Totally agree. We don't make, okay, $3 more, $6 more on negotiating that amount. Like literally, mm -hmm. we don't make any extra money by getting our clients an extra two grand. But how many people are going to go that extra mile and work their ass off to get that extra two grand. Do you think it's going to be the person that took a 1% listing commission? No. That's In fact, a lot of times you are trying to track down that person to answer your texts, your <laughs> phone calls, your emails. And I know that because us as realtors have difficulty tracking those people down. Perfect example. I was, this was about a month ago. I was standing in the driveway talking with my clients about how we're going to offer on a particular property. I knew there was an offer in on the property. What's one of the first things we do, okay, when we get an offer? We call everybody else. We try to get more offers in. We try to up that Notify price. anybody that has shown or shown interest in the property. That's where the negotiating starts. Yep. Okay. Before we'd finished our conversation, we had received notice half an hour before that there was an offer on the property. Okay, we got a little bit of time. I'll call the agent after. I called the agent. He said, oh, we just signed. There was no notification. There was no nothing. No effort at all put forth by the agent. We were going to offer, our initial offer was about 20 grand more than what they'd settled for. Okay, that's what we felt it was worth. But so, they made no effort to let you know. Superficially, they left 20 grand on the table. Right. One phone call is all it would have taken. I would have said, give me an hour. I'll have an offer to you. Yeah. That's... 20 grand for an hour. That's a lot of money. Yeah. To me anyway, obviously to them, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about this, but I think it rolls in nicely is our thoughts on what's known as double ending. Mm. Also known as multiple representation. We have an internal policy that the person representing and working directly with the seller cannot work with and directly represent a buyer. 
And I had a text message uh, two days ago. Random person just messaged me. Are you the listing agent for, can't remember which property it was. And I said, yes. Are you a realtor or are you looking for yourself? Oh, no, we're looking for ourselves, but we want to deal with the listing agent only. Happens all the time. All the time. Yep. And so I went into more of an investigative stage. And the reason that they wanted to deal with the listing agent only is to, quote unquote, save money. So I want to explain to the audience, so this is more now to our non-realtor listeners, because this this podcast, I think, is applicable to everybody. But I want to explain how it works. When you sign a listing agreement, there is a remuneration part of that agreement. It's on the first page, and it talks about what the commission to the broker, listing brokerage is going to be. So let's just say 5%. And then it further breaks down how much is going to be paid to a cooperating brokerage. Let's just say two and a half percent. What a lot of people don't realize is it basically says if there is a cooperating brokerage, two and a half percent of that five percent is paid to the cooperating brokerage by the listing brokerage. If there is no cooperating brokerage, the only thing that changes is that there is no cooperating brokerage. 5% is still paid to the listing brokerage. Correct. Now, would a seller say to their listing agent, well, if there's nobody else involved, maybe we can you know, give them a little break or you can give us a little break. You know, that conversation might start. But as a buyer, do I want the person that's representing the seller and their best interest to represent my offer? This is a conversation that comes up quite often um, during initial conversations with clients and you start talking about how you're going to represent them, especially when offers come in. Um, I haven't figured it out yet, how I can put my seller's best interest, who I've established a relationship with. You can't. And the buyer's best interest without being in conflict. It's period. It's, it, it is impossible. It should be illegal. Agreed. It's allowed. Mm Mm-hmm. There are the forms that you have everybody sign off on. Yeah. And if you think about it, who gets the savings? Is it the seller or is it the buyer? The because person who just showed up to the table. The, That's who gets bo- the savings. Bo- both parties are going to say, well, if there's no other agent, you know, we're save, we should save you, Mr. Seller, should reduce your price from $1 million to 975,000 because you don't have to pay the two and a half percent because I didn't have a a realtor. Mm -hmm. And the seller is saying, well, why should you get all that benefit? Mm -hmm. And then the agent is saying, well, I'm not making any more. Now I got to represent two, two people for the same amount of money. Right. Um, so the other part of it is the listing agent has, um, I'll call it intimate knowledge of the seller's intentions 
So if you're my seller and we have a private conversation you, and we say, okay, let's list it for a million. But if we get an but offer of nine, yeah. if we get an offer for 950, we'd be really happy. Mm-hmm. So now if I'm that agent and I know this information, how do you go to your buyer and try and get more than 950? Who you've usually just met. Right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They'll take 950. Right. Yeah. It's not right. Conflict of interest. So for those of you that keep messaging me (laughs) that you want to deal with me because I'm the listing agent, please stop because it's not good for anybody. And it's not going to happen. And you're wasting my time. Would I refer you potentially to somebody else on my team that is far enough removed from the situation and not privy to the contracts? Yes, we can absolutely do that. Technically, it's still multiple representation because when you do um, have two realtors or brokers that are working within the same brokerage, if both are involved in the contract, it is multiple representation. But at least this would give you a degree of separation. A little bit of arm's length. Correct. Um, Or go out and find another realtor from another brokerage. I really don't care. But I am not going to disclose anything that is going to, A, show any kind of cards or give you any insight as to how we're going to negotiate this deal. It's a good point because it's so common. So common. That ask. Yeah. Any other uh, notes? What do you want to talk about? Ask lots of questions. You know, when you're speaking to somebody, I mean, that relationship has to be there. The communication has to be there. Don't just look at price. So when you're trying to hire somebody to help you buy or sell a home, yeah, get it all out there. And meet them. And and prepare your questions in advance. Like sit down and and find out what what is important to you. You know, what are you looking for in somebody that, because it literally is a relationship, right? You are going to spend a shit ton of hours texting on the phone yeah yeah you're talking about a lot of stuff and don't don't just google top realtor yeah okay because oh come on we do show show up as one of the top (laughs) so so 80 other people so make sure you're you know what you're going to ask and and somebody you can communicate and work well with very important and if and if you're you know if you're still not in your comfort zone with a certain person i always say you know interview a few Mm -hmm. realtors a few teams whatever um Get the feel because everybody does things differently. Everybody's personality is different. Uh, The person that you hire to work with is somebody that you're probably going to have lunch with at some point. So can you even stand this person? Do you find this person competent? Is this person going, has this person been replying to you in a timely fashion? Are they getting you the answers? Um, Have they been through a property and, you know, gone through this process with, somebody else in a similar situation. All of these things can be very uh, vital information to have before making those decisions. And don't be shy. I mean, ask the questions. If they've got listings available, go see the listing. Go see how your home is presented. Adrian loves giving that tip to oh, people. For sure. Yeah, it's it's so true because you can see what's being done, back to what I said before, behind the words. Yeah. You, know, you, add and- a, you add a layer of depth that the majority of people don't provide. Yeah. And get references. Oh, for sure. Um, And more than one. Yeah. More than my sister or my parents. Yeah. You know, people that you've transacted with, different areas, different types of property. So important. 
Um, you know, Google reviews are good to a point mm-hmm. uh, because Google does a pretty good job of making sure that um, it's a legit review. One tip that I have is if you really want to get somebody's true feedback, go and knock on the door of a property that was sold by that person. Like Absolutely. if the sold sign is still up on the lawn and you're thinking about hiring that same realtor, go knock on the door and say, hey, I'm sorry to bug you, but I'm thinking about selling my home and I am considering to hire your realtor. Any feedback you got for me? Love it. Great idea. Um and you'll usually get that candid feedback. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, Steve, is because what we see, not only in our own business, but other realtors, when when you list a property on a street, there's always another home on that street to sell. Mm-hmm. And if those people don't know a realtor or don't have the time or patience, whatever, they often do call the agent that sold that other property mm-hmm. to come over and give the opinion and, and you know, what have you. Um, so talk to those sellers, check out the Google reviews, look at other properties they have on the market, walk through them, walk through the open houses, see how they conduct it. Look at the photos, look at the staging. How does the photos and the staging appear? What kind of online marketing is there? And you get what you pay for. Period. Good chat. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 247, KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Hope you learned something.